Well, take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 28. It's a verse I think is very appropriate for us this morning in light of all that we've just experienced together, talking about the price that Christ paid for us on the cross to, to purchase us, to redeem us, to be His people. And the Apostle Paul uses this analogy when he was gathered together with the elders of the church in Ephesus as he was heading towards uh, Rome, knowing that uh, his days were numbered and this would be probably the last time he could ever impart any uh, word of encouragement or exhortation to these fellow elders. And so on his way, he gathered them together and this is what he said, Acts twenty twenty eight. be on guard for yourselves And for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Father, we know that this group of people sitting in this room are very, very precious to you. So much so that you were willing to give up your own life to redeem us, to purchase us so we could be your own. And so, Lord, we have a huge responsibility as those you've called to shepherd, to lead, to guide, to care for, to watch over. Lord, we have a huge responsibility to take care of these precious sheep that you laid down your life for. And I pray as we consider that as a church this morning, how you would have your flock shepherded. Lord, that you would give us insight into your word and uh, that we would all get caught up uh, in the great strategy, Lord, of your word, that you lay out in your word to make sure that our souls are watched over and that we grow and mature to be more like Jesus. We ask this in his name. Amen. Well, as you can imagine, I had to read a lot of books while I was in seminary, but there is one book that I will never forget reading, nor will Kelly. I started seminary about three months after we got married. We lived in a small loft apartment out in California during the first couple of years I was in seminary. My daily study routine in, included waking up early in the morning, going up in this little loft where I would just kind of hide out and, and, and read before breakfast. And, and one of the books that we were assigned to read was this little book right here. It was a Puritan paperback by Richard Baxter called The Reform Pastor. I don't imagine that any of you have ever read this book because it's really designed for pastors and seminary students. But to this day, this is one of the most humbling, convicting, life-changing, ministry-defining books that I've ever read. And during the weeks that I was reading it, I would come down to breakfast very quiet, very somber, and Kelly would say, you've been reading that book again? (laughs) And the Reformed Pastor is, is really just a practical exposition and application of Acts 
20, verse 28, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. And Richard Baxter just goes off on how we as pastors, as elders, need to first and foremost guard our own souls, watch over our own lives to make sure there's no hypocrisy, there's no heresy in our own lives. And uh, the last thing we want to do is be feeding the sheep and starving our own souls for lack of time with the Lord and, and uh, just to be men of integrity and, and uh, just really, really convicting in that regard. But then also to, to, what does it look like to practically watch over God's flock? How, how do you practically shepherd a church? And Richard Baxter was a pastor of a church in Kidderminster, Kidderminster England during the 1600s. The town contained about 800 homes, 2,000 people who he described as, quote, an ignorant, rude, and reveling people when he arrived. However, over time, God used this man's faithful ministry to transform them into a godly, worshiping community. And so he wrote this book to explain the means by which this radical transformation in the community took place. And what he outlines in this book is just a simple shepherding strategy that he had developed that together with his assistant enabled him to personally visit and catechize every family in the community once every year. And he based that model on the verse here in Acts chapter 20, verse 20, just look back a few verses. When Paul said, I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house. In other words, a pastor's ministry goes beyond what he does behind the pulpit on Sunday mornings. This is the public proclamation of the word of God, the public declaration of the scriptures. Uh, but there's also the house to house ministry of the word. And, and, and I love to sit in my office and minister the word to individuals and couples. I think that's part of this house-to-house ministry. But I also love to be in people's homes and, and to be at, uh, in people's hospital rooms. And, and it's the getting around and, and shepherding people with the word uh, out, from getting, out from behind the pulpit and getting out among the people and shepherding them with the word. Baxter set aside two days a week to see 15 to 16 families and... Again, he was very committed not only to preaching God's word, but, but, uh, but ministering to the people, shepherding the flock. And so his ministry in the town of Kidderminster serves, I think, as an excellent model of how to shepherd God's, God's flock. And as a, as a young seminary student, I was inspired by Baxter's example, and I committed to be that, the, the same kind of pastor he was, to be involved in the lives of, of his people. And so one of the first things that we did when we started this church um, some 16, 17 years ago now uh, was to develop a way to shepherd the people that God had placed under our care and would continue to add to our flock uh, in the future. And it was our desire and still is that God's people would be well tended and well cared for here at Lakeside Bible Church. And so in order to make that that, that happened, we, we sought to come up with a well-organized and well-orchestrated shepherding plan. We knew right away that just, just one pastor and a couple of elders is all we had at the beginning, 
couldn't provide adequate care for the 150 or so people that God blessed us with initially uh, on our first Sunday. And so we enlisted the help of some godly, spiritually mature uh, couples within the church. And we spent time with them over the uh, course of a month or so, training and equipping them to, to lead small groups. What does it look like to lead a small group? How do you lead a small group? And then we delegated to each of them a portion of the flock. And these couples became known as grow group leaders. You've heard of them? Grow group leaders? Uh, Some churches seek to shepherd their people through Sunday school classes. Uh, Other churches divide everyone into larger flock groups. and And an elder is over, assigned over each one of those flock groups. And they meet on a regular basis. Well, Again, I think the Lord gives us freedom how to, how to pull that off. How do we shepherd the flock of God, which he purchased with his own blood? We've chosen to shepherd you through grow groups. That is our mechanism, if you will, to shepherd the flock of God or the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. We pass this thing out every year or so, uh, usually right now in the fall as we're kicking off a new school year uh, and launching into a new year of ministry together. And uh, you've seen this all, I'm sure, many times before. If you're new, I'd encourage you to pull it out. This is in your bulletin. Hopefully you got one when you came in. And, and we've just tried to very simply articulate here, uh, what's up with grow groups? Why grow groups? And we write here, grow group ministry is designed to effectively shepherd And disciple everyone who considers LBC their home. It is our desire to create a context where four things can happen. We want people to connect. We want to help people build close, edifying relationships. We want people to be counseled. We want want people to understand and, and apply God's word to their lives in the context of those relationships. We want people to change. We want we want to help people along the path to spiritual maturity. And we want people to be cared for. We want, to help, we want to help people to practice the one another's of Scripture, that we have a responsibility to love one another and pray for one another, bear one another's burdens, to admonish one another, show hospitality to one another. There's lots of one another's that we're supposed to be doing, and, and it's very difficult to, uh, to fulfill those one another's here on a Sunday morning with such a large group. And so in order to do that, in order for the, 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 the church to get ad- adequately cared for, for everyone in this body to get cared for, you need to break it down into smaller groups. And so we say that there's no better way to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ than by being in a dynamic discipleship environment provided by a grow group. And uh, the name kind of lends itself to, hey, it's all about growing, growing in your relationship with Christ. And so our goal has always been that everyone who considers Lakeside their home, that they would be plugged into a grow group, not just assigned to a list and never go. No, actually plugged in, actually going uh, to a grow group. And during the first few years after we established our grow group ministry, God really blessed it and we had probably 80 to 90% participation. In other words, the the vast majority of our people were, were actually attending a grow group. And granted, we are still meeting in rented facilities at the time, and the only two events in our weekly program were this, uh, a Sunday morning service, and midweek grow groups. And so there wasn't much competition. 
There wasn't much else to do around here than come to church and go to grow groups. And, and it worked well. And shortly after we moved into our present property here, we added a, a Wednesday night service along with weekly ministries for kids and students and men and, and women. And since then, our, our, our church has only gotten busier and only gotten bigger, which has made it more difficult to shepherd everyone as well. And as you know, I mentioned this to you, uh, if you remember, a couple, um, well, really right after we moved in here nine months ago into this uh, new building and transitioned back to one service and uh, here on Sundays, which I think has been a huge blessing. I hope you feel the same. This has been a, it's just a joy to have us all here in one place, one time, worshiping with one voice. Uh, it's a joy and it's a blessing, uh, this transition that the Lord has provided for us be all together on Sunday mornings, but I admitted to you that it kind of threw me off uh, because while it's been a huge blessing, it's made it more challenging for me personally to feel like I'm shepherding you well because you're all here at once and I don't have time to say hi to all of you at once and talk to all of you at, at once and even just walking from my office to over here, I, I, I find myself getting into multiple conversations that I wish I had another 10, 15 minutes because oftentimes people are actually breaking down in tears talking about some trial or issue in their life and I want to minister to them and care for them and I'm like, oh, you know what, I got to go. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help you right now, I got to go. That's brutal. Um, and so uh, now that we also have multiple ways for you to come in and for you to leave, and so if you want to avoid me, you can. It's real easy. Oh, okay, we know he stands over there, so we're going out that way. I personally enjoyed watching the sweat beat up on certain visitors' foreheads as they were coming out the one exit in our old building. There was only one way in and one out, and if I stood by that front door, they had to shake my hand. They had to say hi, and I, I'd watch them. They'd kind of wait for maybe a crowd of people to go, and they'd try to run this way to get around it, and you know, it was just kind of fun to watch on Sunday morning. Seriously, though, it was my desire to, to meet those people and to greet them and be hospitable and thank them for coming and just be personable, and uh, it was always a, a blessing to be able to do that, and um, I always joked with Adam that when Adam was here, I would play linebacker, and he would play free safety, so anybody that I missed who got by me, he'd get him uh, a few, few yards later uh, out, in the, out in the parking lot. But uh, just trying to be personable, just trying to be uh, caring for our body. But that's become more challenging um, to do that. And uh, just harder to keep up with, with, with all the new people visiting our church, which is, again, is a huge blessing. Uh, I've been meeting people recently, and like, hey, is this your first Sunday? And they said, no, we've been coming here for a couple months now. I'm like, I am so sorry that I've not met you yet. And, um, and so all that to say, when it was time to crank up another year of ministry here, as we always do in, in the month of August, we give you guys off, say, hey, go and enjoy your life. And then we're here scrambling to get everything ready. And we're taking the plates out of the cupboard and we're putting them on the stick and we're spinning them, right? And we're getting them all going again. And this year I found myself, as I was taking the plates out of the cupboard, I, before I just put it up there again mindlessly and spin, spun it a, another year, I, I was looking at each plate going, is this really the best thing we could be doing? Started to evaluate everything we're doing in the life of this church. I almost uh, uh, drove myself crazy doing it in the process because it just was overwhelming to think through just everything that we're doing. But the point was 
just, just trying to make sure that we were being as deliberate and strategic as possible in ministry. And so I began talking and praying with the pastors and the elders and uh, just to kind of about the things that I was thinking about and, and the burdens on my heart about shepherding and, 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 and just feeling not as connected to the body as we, we felt in the past and, and just some of the, and how the changes in our church over the years have, have affected that. And so we all agreed unanimously that the top priority in the life of our church right now is to, is to double up, double down on the shepherding element of our church, to, to, to shepherd our growing flock and make sure that, that, that all the new people that are coming are getting uh, effectively assimilated into our body. They're getting plugged in to our body. And so we began to talk about, well, what does that look like? How, how can we make that more effective? How can we do a better job of shepherding? And so we began to think and strategize and, and one of the things we came up with is we, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to retool our weekly schedule. If we've kind of gotten everybody so busy doing so many things, maybe we got to maybe got to change some of that. And and we also need to reemphasize the importance of grow groups, and namely that grow groups should take precedence over everything else that we do except for our Sunday morning service. Did you hear me say that? Amen. That grow groups should take precedence over everything else we do except for our Sunday morning worship service. In other words, as those who have been entrusted with the care of your soul, the two most important things that we want to exhort you to do is to come to Sunday morning worship every week and to go to a grow group every week or every other week, depending on how often your grow group meets. And, and, and the reason why, we feel that's the dynamic duo of, of shepherding, because here is the, as according to Acts 20, 22, that we're to, to declare to you uh, the word of God, and we're to teach you publicly, and we're also to teach you from house to house. In other words, there's, there's, there's great impact in the, in the corporate gathering, the worship, the public worship service, and, and the preaching of God's word, the proclamation of God's word, the exposition of the scriptures. But that's only half the equation. The other half of the equation is the house-to-house ministry. It's the, it's the getting to know one another. It's breaking us up into smaller groups and getting to know one another. Listen, you could come to this church for years and sit here and, and leave, uh, come every Sunday and leave and never really connect with this body, never truly connect with other people, never really build close, intimate relationships that, that stimulate your soul and encourage your walk with Christ. It's possible. It's easy to hide in a, in a large group like this. And some of us, frankly, this is all we do because we feel safe and it's comfortable. It's easy. And the moment you talk about relationships and connecting and accountability, it's like, whoa, 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 time out. That's a little too much for me. And yet our grow group ministry is designed to put into practice all that the scriptures teach about the church. And the way to interact, or we're to interact with one another. And again, there's only so much of that that we can do that's even possible, humanly possible, on a Sunday morning when there's so many of us gathered for such a short amount of time. Um, I, I guarantee you there's going to be people who are, who are slipping through the cracks. There's going to be sheep who are, who are coming here hurting. 
who will leave never being ministered to, never being cared for. And so we really want to make sure that you understand our philosophy of ministry here at Lakeside Bible Church. We're so glad you're here this morning. This is such an important, this is the most important thing that we can do together, is gather together and worship the Lord corporately. But second only to that is that we need to get together personally where we can stimulate one another and encourage one another and disciple one another and grow together in our walk with the Lord. And so in order to help us be more committed to that and and more consistently involved in these two top priorities, Sunday morning and grow groups, we thought what we would try, and here's the the big change you're waiting for. What was he talking about? He's going to say something big, okay? It's not really that big, okay? But what we thought we should try is to just suspend our midweek adult bridge service just for a season, to see how that goes, to free up another night of the week for most of us, not all of us, but most of us that might affect. For what purpose? For the purpose of shepherding and sharing the gospel. For the purpose of shepherding and sharing the gospel. We've been talking a lot about sharing the gospel recently, haven't we? Salt, salt and light, salt of the earth this summer. Uh, Ralph's uh, Contagious Christian uh, class right now. We're talking a lot about, hey, we need to be out sharing the gospel. Well, how many times have you thought, I would love to do that, but I'm so busy coming to church all the time, I don't have time to meet my neighbors. I don't have time to build a relationship with my neighbors because I'm at church all the time. And so we're telling you to do something and then we're programming your lives to death, right? And so we think, hey, why not open up a night and say, hey, we're going to use Wednesday night strategically to maybe take our neighbors out to invite our neighbors over for supper. Or to get together with another grow group, another somebody else in my grow group. Or maybe meet for grow group on Wednesday night. Particularly for those families that drop their kids off here at church and they have um, child care, nursery toddler care. We've got, we've got uh, Word of Life Club. We've got 220. That's often a, a deterrent for people getting involved in a grow group because number one, we need some kind of child care. Or number two, this is the only time in the week when we have all of our family home, well, if they're already coming to church and you're already scattered already here at the church around this campus, why not maximize that night for a grow group? And so we're still planning on having Wednesday night activities here. We're just saying, hey, what do we do with that adult Bible study where I would preach that second sermon every week and uh, maybe have 50 to 70 people there? And uh, it's been a, a great time to do that. Now, you, you, you know, I'm sure that that was not an easy decision to make because I love to preach and I love that second opportunity to preach. Um, and I feel like that's what God's called me to do, what he's gifted me to do, how I can best impact the life of this church and bless the life of this church and encourage and grow this church is through the preaching of God's word. And in fact, I can't even imagine, this was my biggest hurdle, was I can't imagine having not taught the Old Testament books that I have over the last nine years since we 
implemented the Wednesday night service. I mean, I can't imagine my life without having gone through Ecclesiastes and Daniel and Nehemiah and the Song of Solomon and and Ruth and Jonah and Lamentations, all these obscure Old Testament books that, that I really didn't even know what they were about until I dove in and studied them to teach them. And they've had a huge impact in my life, and I trust they've impacted your, your life as well, those of you that have been able to come and even listen online. But right now, my greater burden is to focus on the pastoring aspect of the pastor-teacher role. Ephesians 4.11 talks about that God gives churches pastor-teachers. One guy or one individual serves a dual role He's a pastor and he's a teacher. It's not enough just to be the teacher. I'm the teacher here. I'm the teaching pastor, right? No, I need to be the pastor as well as the teacher. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dual role. And so uh, I think there's some pastors who are better preachers than pastors and there are some preachers that are better pastors than preachers. And that's the challenge, is to try to excel in both areas, to be a pastor teacher. And so I was just uh, sharing, with the, 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 sharing with my wife, I was sharing with the elders and the other pastors that, that, that I, I just feel like right now I need to devote the hours that I would normally be preparing and preaching a sermon for the bridge to shepherding people and actually going back to leading a grow group like we used to at the very beginning of the church. I don't know, that just makes me feel connected to the body. I feel like I'm in the trenches with everyone else. And it was very helpful and, 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 and uh, stimulating to my own soul and, and then also to be developing and training new grow group leaders because if you've noticed, if you are in a grow group, you probably got a whole lot of people crammed into that house you're at. And then some of these groups are really big, probably bigger than they need to be. And the only way you can make those groups more effective is to make them smaller. And the only way you can make them smaller is if you have more options. And so you need to say, hey, we, instead of just having, I think we had six grow groups when we started, then we have gone as much to, as 13. Now we're down to 11. So we probably need to have at least 15 to 20 grow groups. And so that requires developing leaders who can serve in that, in that capacity. I think you'd all agree with me that all of our schedules are busy. And we tend to feel overloaded, overwhelmed by all that we have to do. And we only have so much time to do all that we need to do, so we need to be strategic. I was uh, pulled a book off my shelf in recent weeks called The Overload Syndrome. Some of you want to borrow that, don't you? The Overload Syndrome. And the point that the author makes is we, 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 we schedule ourselves out to the very edge uh, and, and we spend to the very limit and we leave no margins in our lives. And so when a crisis comes, you got nothing left. You've already spent it all. You've spent all your time, spent all your money. And how doing less often is doing more. And so that's what we want to do is in some ways, do a little bit less so we can do more shepherding. And so grow groups are strategic to shepherding God's flock here at Lakeside Bible Church. And our hope and prayer is, is, is that, that more people will have more time and more options to get more involved in grow groups. And we want to see the percentage of our people participating, actually participating in grow groups, increase to what it used to be when we first implemented them shortly after we 
planted the church. And I'll just be blunt with you. you we, we've passed out the, the, the Grow Group roster to you uh, over the last several years. You're familiar with that deal? Uh, and, and it just has every Grow Group and on the list of, and, and every person in the church's name is on that thing. And, and when you get it, you, there, there's the, the congregation's version, and then there's the pastor's, elders, and Grow Group leader's version. And the difference between your version and our version is very simple. Our version, uh, your version has everybody's name in black. Our version has everybody's name who's going to a grow group, actually participating in a grow group in black, and everyone who's not attending in red. And we've been looking at that thing over the last couple of years going, there's too much red on this. <laughs> we want to we eliminate the red. And we want to get more people from the red to the black. And so, and, and you say, well, Why? Why, why, why do you want to do that? Well, because it has proven itself to be true over the years that those who get plugged into a grow group feel better connected to our church and get better cared for by our church. And I know that those of you that have been really faithful to be involved in these groups, you could say amen to that. But unfortunately, those who don't plug into a grow group, oftentimes they feel disconnected, uncared for, and they tend to slip through the cracks and they get their feelings hurt because nobody's meeting their needs or caring for them and they end up eventually leaving the church. And absolutely, that, that, there's nothing, you might as well just kick me in the stomach, okay, when somebody says, hey, you know what, we're, we're leaving the church. And I ask them, well, why? Well, because, and it typically has something to do with we got our feelings hurt, we weren't cared for well, and I'm like, you just kicked me in the stomach because I, th- there's nothing you could tell me that would bum me out more that we didn't care for you well, that we didn't shepherd you well. And, 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 and I was always quick to say, hey, forgive us, we dropped the ball on you. But at the same time, it's a two-way street. We're telling you how the shepherding works around here. And if you want to get well shepherded, we, we hope that if you get into a grow group, that will be more likely to happen. It'll be less likely for you to get overlooked. Doesn't say it's, it, it does, I'm not saying it works perfectly, okay? Uh, there's always uh, the exception to the rule. But the more plugged in you are to a grow group, the more connected you'll be to our church and the more cared for you'll be. And so the bottom line is uh, being in a grow group helps us shepherd you more effectively and it helps you grow and mature spiritually. I promise you, you think you're coming to Sunday morning and, and, and man, God's really using that to grow you and mature you. Uh, you. You haven't even begun to grow and mature until you get into a grow group, until you get around some people uh, who will get involved in your life and you'll get involved in your life. You start living life, doing life together, and it will be, it'll, it'll have a radical transforming influence in your life. I promise you, if you've never experienced it, I dare you to sign up for a grow group. I dare you to get plugged into a grow group, to go to a grow group. It'll be life-changing. Now, I don't know how you view me or the other elders, pastors, grow group leaders that God has called to lead our church, but the Bible makes it clear that you are a flock of sheep who need to be shepherded, And we are shepherds who will be held responsible someday for how well we shepherded you. That's as plain as as day in Scripture. 
And uh, we see this over and over again in the Word of God. And yet, I think sometimes we just don't get it because it's like it's such a foreign concept, this shepherding sheep thing. Very few, if any of us, have ever actually seen a sheep, <laughs> let alone a shepherd, and watch the dynamic of a, ran- a ranch and how that all works. And sadly, I think this whole image of a shepherd sheep, this analogy that's such, so, so biblical, so scriptural, has become a foreign concept in the minds of many contemporary Christians. And, and I think it hurts the church. Even though it sounds weird, we're talking about sheep and shepherds this morning. How quaint, how cute. Sheep and shepherds. Well, guess what? That's what the Bible calls us. That's what the Bible likens us to. Warren Wearsby made this comment in a book that I read years ago. He said, perhaps one reason some churches are in trouble today is their loss of the biblical concept of what they really are. In our noble attempt to be relevant in a changing world, we've thoughtlessly abandoned the pastoral image of the shepherd and sheep and have blindly adopted the corporate image of the pastor as CEO, the elders as a board of directors, and the church family as customers to serve. In so doing, we've quietly changed our expectations of what a minister and a church ought to be and do. And I pray our church will never abandon this biblical concept of what we are to be and what we are to do. We don't have time this morning, in light of all that we've already experienced, to uh, take as much time as I wanted to to go through these, uh, this list of statements about shepherding. If you grabbed a, a sermon notes on your way in, you, you, you're wondering when I'm ever going to get to this stuff, right? It looks like there's a lot of stuff on there. That could take several weeks to go through, and you're right. But basically what this is, is an attempt to summarize everything that the Scripture says from Genesis to Revelation about this imagery of sheep and shepherds. And so I'm just going to ask you to trust me on this, and I'm just going to read these statements for you, and hopefully you'll see the logical flow of them, and there's great scriptural backing for them that, that uh, I've given you some opportunity on the back with the application questions to, to study some of these passages, and I would encourage you to do that. This could be a good homework assignment uh, for you uh, to go home and look through this, uh, just to understand who you are and who uh, and what role we play as elders in the church and grow group leaders play in your life. But let me just simply say this. Um, number one, God likened himself to a shepherd of his people and his people to a flock under his care. You see it all over scripture. All over scripture. Psalm 23, the Lord is my, what? Shepherd. Number two, God described those he called to lead and care for his people as shepherds. He called Moses a shepherd. He called David a shepherd. In fact, both Moses and David were called to be shepherds of Israel while they were shepherding literal sheep. How's that for good training, good leadership training? Put you out there in the field with a bunch of stinky sheep, and you're going to learn everything you need to know about running around with these, this, this nation of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years. And so God prepared them to shepherd his sheep by working with real sheep. Number three, human shepherds often failed and needed to be replaced. Moses 
In his anger struck the rock, which disqualified him from leading the nation into the promised land. He had to be replaced with who? Joshua, right? David committed adultery with Sheba, murdered her husband Uriah, which undermined his leadership of the nation of Israel, and things went downhill after that, and God had to replace David with who? This is big. Jesus. He had to replace David with Jesus. He was a type of Christ. And number four, we see here, Jesus Christ is the perfect shepherd that God promised to raise up to care for his people, and he laid down his life for them. And this same Jesus, while he was here on earth, before and after he laid down his life for the sheep, commissioned men to serve him and to serve as his under-shepherds, and he told them that they would be called to account when he returned. Paul went from catching fish to shepherding sheep. Paul went from terrorizing Christians to tending Christians. In fact, John went from being a pastor in Ephesus. These are disciples of Christ, apostles of Christ. He went from being a pastor in Ephesus to being an exile on the island of Patmos where God gave him a vision of the eternal reign of the shepherd savior. And I love what it says in Revelation chapter 7, verse 17. And I'll just read this one so that we focus on Christ here. Revelation chapter 7, verse 17. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to the springs of the water of life and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. In other words, the profound irony of the shepherd-sheep imagery is that the good shepherd, John 10, became a sheep and was slaughtered in the place of God's sheep, and God raised him from the dead as the great shepherd, and he'll return and reign forever as a chief shepherd. So we see this shepherding motif all the way throughout Scripture, and, it, and it's what informs us and, and really motivates everything that we do here at Lakeside Bible Church. And so by providing you shepherding care through grow groups, we're seeking to reflect God's heart to guard your soul. As it says in 1 Peter 2, 25, he's the great shepherd and guardian of your soul. At the same time, we, we want to reflect God's heart by growing you to be more pleasing to him. And that's what it says in Hebrews chapter 13. Now the God of peace who brought up the dead and, and the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do as well, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. And so what we're seeking to do through our grow group ministry is just simply reflect the heart of God to guard you and to grow you. To guard you and to grow you. And so, again, the majority of you in here know all about our grow group ministry. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to the grow groups, if you will. But we know there's a, 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 a growing number of new people uh, who are coming to Lakeside. God's leading them here. Uh, we're so glad that you're here, and we want to uh, do whatever we can to help you get plugged into our church as quickly as possible and to build relationships and, and build friendships uh, that will hopefully lead towards greater growth and godliness. 
And so what we want to do just very quickly this morning, we're going to have, uh, normally we have this uh, thing we call rush week, right? Remember we would, uh, with our one doorway, we'd, 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 you'd have to run the gauntlet, man. We'd set the tables up on either side and you had to be like, put your head down and try to get through there without getting grabbed by somebody to sign up for the grow group. Well, again, you got lots of ways to escape this morning without having to run the gauntlet. But uh, we're trusting in God that he's going to motivate you to be a part of one of these grow groups and get serious about, you know, I need to be a part of my group. Our, our, my wife, my husband, we, we need to be a part of our family. We need to be a part of this. And so we've got our grow groups uh, tables up here in the front and uh, we've got clipboards for the 11 different groups. You've got a, uh, hopefully you've already been looking at this when you were supposed to be listening to me, you're probably reading this anyway, right? Looking over all the options. But real quickly, I'm gonna ask all the grow group leaders just to come up I asked them to just give a quick little 30-second, hi, I'm so-and-so, our group meets here, this is what we do, just so you know, for those people that are newer to the church, who these people are, and so if you're a grow group leader, start coming, and uh, this is not going to be anything, uh, Rusty, you come on up here, man, just, just follow up uh, Rusty here, guys, and uh, everybody's looking for where they're going to stand as soon as they're done. Just tell us real quick. Who introduce yourself in your group so we can know if that's the group that would best fit us? I'm Rusty Cook. I get to lead the group that meets in Conroe on Sunday nights. Uh, we meet from 5.30 to 8-ish. We get together, we break bread. We uh, have a time with the children that we go over the, the gospel story for the kids that they've uh, gone over in their Sunday school class. And uh, then we break... Uh, from them, they go with a babysitter, and we break off for prayer. We pray for things that uh, come up in the families of uh, loved ones uh, as such, and, and then we go to our uh, sermon application notes. The pastor has given us a wonderful tool to keep us uh, on track with him during the, the sermon on Sunday mornings, but also another wonderful tool with these application questions that we can get together and uh, just lean on each other, go over these, how to apply the sermon and God's word to our lives um, and how um, some of us have, have had successes, some of us have had failures, but what we've learned and how to apply God's word to our lives. We meet uh, at the Shoppies House in Greystone Hills, which is Loop 336 Longmire area, and we'd like to invite anyone that would uh, like to come. You don't have to live in Conroe, but you might have to drive there, so please come and, and join us. Thank you. My name is Randy Swearingen. I lead a grow group that meets uh, every other Sunday in Bentwater. So if you're in the Willis area, uh, New Waverly area, we would be the group closest to you probably. We do sermon applications, so we go through the pastor's notes as well. Again, it's only every other Sunday. We meet from 5 p.m. until 7 p.m. We do a potluck dinner, and we uh, go through the sermon notes, discuss application to our lives, and we have a time of prayer. Uh, this year, we will also be kind of focused more on uh, serving in ministry and uh, looking at opportunities in the community, particularly probably in the Conroe area, where we can uh, volunteer and um, get opportunities to uh, share the gospel and to make a difference in other people's lives as well. So we'd love to have you join us as well. 
Good morning, I'm Mike Goins, and uh, our grow group will meet every other Sunday as well. Um, this year we're going to be studying the book of Ephesians and all the awesome things that it says that we are in Christ and all the amazing things that God is doing and then how that applies to our life. If you know Ephesians, then that's kind of the way that book flows. So um, our hub will, will be here. We meet after church on Sundays, so we'll meet right after the service every other Sunday, but we're going to be kind of rotating homes and meeting in each other's homes as well. So I hope you'll join us. Good morning. I'm Jorge Gilov. Uh, we meet every Monday evening at uh, the Lago State, which is a stone's throw from here. Uh, we will be studying the uh, book of Revelation uh, in, in light of all that's happening in, in our world nowadays. Uh, we have a light supper, and we meet uh, from 6 to approximately 8.30. So you're all welcome to join us. Uh, my name is Tom Walters. Uh, we meet every Tuesday night at uh, 6.30 uh, to about 8.30. Uh, we will rotate uh, uh, between homes over the, the uh, season, about four different homes. Each month we'll move, and those homes will be anywhere from the Keenan Cutoff area to April Sound area to Walton. Uh, we uh, we have studied uh, through the book of Genesis in our group over the past couple of years. Uh, we went from Genesis uh, through the book of Romans, and uh, so now we're going to study Galatians. So we would love to have you join us. Yeah, I'm John Ingert, and. Um we are the sheep that meet in the south pasture, if you will. We're uh, in the middle of the woodlands, and uh, our start time is 545, and uh, we meet every other Sunday, and uh, our topic is sermon application. Great. Tyler Jacobs, we meet at the Smith's house right over here in uh, um, Hilltop Ranch. And first and third Sundays of the month, right after church, we do eat lunch, uh, and we focus on sermon application. Love to have you. Ralph Clements, this is, we meet, Brad and I lead a group at his house in Vintage Oaks. We meet on Sundays from 5 to 7, and we do uh, sermon application, and we have a, a lot of kids with us. So you're welcome to join us. Hello, my name is John Payne, and we... Uh, lead a group at the uh, Dobbin Dacus area um, where our goals this year are every year of the week um, on Sundays at five we'd love to have you and uh, just give us a call thanks I'm Fred Brinkman this is my co-leader Bill Stevens we meet over at uh, Del Lago La Toretta area uh, but we also rotate homes anywhere from uh, there to uh, 1097 west to Richards so we move around quite a bit we meet every other Sunday at 5 o'clock. We always have a good healthy meal followed by equally healthy desserts. <laughs> Fried fish and french fries with, you know, cake and things. Real healthy. Uh, we're studying Chip Ingram's Balancing Life's Demands, Biblical Priorities for a Busy Life. And uh, come join us. We've got lots of room. All right. Thank you, guys. Why don't you go and find your, uh, 
spot behind your clipboard there. And uh, for those of you that are, um, you know, new to this whole grow group concept and you're wondering, uh, what, what do we do? Like, is there like Kool-Aid we're going to be drinking? Is there snakes we're going to be playing with? Well, what's the weird things do we do in these grow groups? Well, you notice there's three basic elements. Number one, there's food, okay? That's always good to, to help the fellowship, right? Uh, just to uh, enhance that time. And so there's a time of food and fellowship and just getting to know one another, hanging out together, spending time, building relationships. There's a time uh, typically uh, uh, of prayer where you uh, can, can just uh, un- unburden your heart and, and share your needs and have be prayed for and pray for one another. And there's always a time in the Word, whether it's sermon application around the message that was preached that morning or uh, whatever book uh, uh, these guys have chosen to study with their group. So, so time of fellowship, uh, time of prayer, and time in the Word. And uh, we just think that's a healthy um, environment to, to grow us spiritually. And so what we want to ask you to do as soon as I close in prayer is uh, get up from your seat and make a beeline to one of these uh, leaders and sign up with them for their grow group. Uh, if you say, well, man, I got, that's just, I, I'm confused. There's just too much, there's just too many to choose from. And, and you need to take a week to pray about it. Go ahead and do that. And uh, you can sign up next week. So there's going to be signups this morning, next Sunday. And uh, the goal is to start grow groups next Sunday. For those that start on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, they're going to start next Sunday. Uh, and then next week, those that meet on Monday, Tuesday, and I'm going to be leading a group with my wife uh, on Wednesday night. For those that uh, have children here already, I assume there's going to be some folks that are dropping off their kids uh, for student ministry here or children's ministry, and, and uh, we would love to serve you guys if we're able to uh, on Wednesday night as well. So, all right, let me pray. Father, thanks so much for your goodness uh, in the life of this church, the way you've grown us over the years, and Lord, as, we've, uh, as you've grown us, we've tried to keep up with that growth uh, by adding grow groups um, more and more, Lord, so that more and more people could be involved and make sure they're well cared for, well, well shepherded. We know that you would never give us more people, Lord, than you would also grant us the grace to, to shepherd well. And so just bless this ministry, Lord, as we kick it off for this fall. It's really uh, the most important thing we do. Uh, apart from what we're doing right now here on Sunday morning. And so I pray that you would just give everyone in our church a vision uh, for uh, how and why it's so important uh, to be a part of one of these groups and that you would just free up our schedules, Lord, that we would uh, be strategic and deliberate and intentional with how we use our time every week, Lord, that we would be able to make these grow groups a priority in our lives uh, for your glory and for our our, our growth, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.